The ideas and opinions expressed in this show do not reflect the views of WHMP or Saga Communications. This show may contain subject matter not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope at all. Dale Carnegie Hi, and welcome to this week's The Hustler Files. Welcome everyone to this week's The Hustler Files. We've kind of taken a detour and gone over to Ludlow, Massachusetts to the Hamden County Jail and we're actually inside the jail. So today our producer and myself are behind the wall somewhere that we definitely don't want to stay permanently, but we are fascinated by the amount of work and success and programs that are taking place here. And we're fortunate to have our tour guide today, Dan Moran. And Dan, why don't you introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background on you? All right, good morning. My name is Dan Moran. I'm the Assistant Deputy Superintendent here, and I oversee the Correctional Industries Program and Vocations here at the House of Corrections. And how long have you been here? I've been here about 27 and a half years. Wow, everybody sticks around these places for a long time. It must be a great place to work. Which, by the way, if you're looking for a career in corrections, reach out to the Hamden County HR Department. Um, There's really some great job opportunities uh, across the board. So we're going to take a tour of three of your vocational programs. Do you want to just talk about why these vocational programs exist and the different ones we're going to uh, take a look at? It's really to train the individual while they're incarcerated to um, train them to the job market that is out there and give them the best viable opportunity to transition to full-time employment and success when they do go back to the community. And what are the three different vocational areas we're going to explore today? We'll explore three but there's a few more that we have in here. So we have our industries shop we have some embroidering, we have silk screening, we have upholstery, uh, we make inmate uniforms, so there's commercial sewing, we make inmate mattresses, a few other things that we have in the industry shop, and we'll go over to, we have a welding shop, we have a buildings trade shop, we have a graphics area, we have custodial maintenance, and we also have a culinary program. That's amazing. Do most jails around the country have vocational programs? There are a number that have vocational programs. Uh, I haven't been out, you know, to speak to the specifics and how vast they are, but in the state of Massachusetts, you have MassCorp, who also has an industries program. Now, the products that are made here, repaired here, how does that process work? Well, we take orders, so there, it is a, it's an industries program coupled with a vocational program. So the industries program will take orders. So, for instance, uh, inmate uniforms is sold to this jail, and there's also other uh, correctional facilities within the Commonwealth that we sell to, mattresses as well. So a lot of that is made to order. And where does the revenue from the sale of those products go or is distributed to? Right back into the program. So it goes into, uh, it's a retained revenue uh, account for York Street industry. So any revenues that are coming in going right back into the program to offset the expenses and cost of staff and materials and such. And the incarcerated gentlemen that work in these programs, they do make a small stipend, correct? That's right. 
really the focus is on the vocational training that they get and the pipeline that is established to the community and va various employers on the outside uh, making that connection training to the jobs that are available on the outside to enhance their chances and connection for employment and I just want to remind our listeners if they haven't been listening to some of our previous shows where we've chatted with other members of the Hamden County Sheriff's Office, a lot of the gentlemen here aren't here for long periods of time, correct? That's correct. It's a county facility. And when you say upstate, that means going to a Department of Corrections that's a state-run facility, correct? That's correct. You've seen a lot go on here. I'm thinking as we're going to take this tour that there's a lot of equipment involved. I mean, culinary, you have knives. In the building and trades, you have saws and hammers. Embroidery, you have needles. How do you make sure that these incarcerated people are mentally safe enough to handle this equipment? Well, number one, we're looking at the safety factor overall of the individuals that are coming down. So there's a safety training, there's accountability training, just making sure that they know how to operate the tools safely prior to going hands-on into a job. Has there ever been an incident where something went wrong? On occasion, you have uh, small injuries that do happen, like any other industrial shop out and job in the field. So, And we do have a fabulous medical staff here. But in general, these programs have for many years been quite successful. Very successful. And I just wanted to add one more thing on a safety factor. Along with the experience and soft skills that they're learning within the shops, they're also being trained on OSHA, OSHA 10 general industry, OSHA 10 construction, serve safe. So in those trainings, there's a lot of safety factors being taught along with the actual on-the-floor training, on-the-job training. Do you know what percentage of inmates who have gone through these programs and left the jail have had success in the outside world? Not an exact percentage. Some of them uh, will go out and gain employment on their own and something we won't hear from again, but we do have a pipeline going to the all-inclusive support services on State Street as with the Sheriff's Department where there is an employment program and various wraparound services that they are referred to and a connection is established while they're in here uh, in the House of Correction prior to getting out to bridge that gap going out into the community and meet up with our employment team where job placement is made from there. And we do know that we've had people from AISS on the show and um, your reentry programs are exemplary and probably a model for a lot of the rest of the country. Yes, that's right. Thanks. The Sheriff's Shuffle 5K Run Walk is back, and this year it raises funds to support Sheriff Nick Kochi's Youth Leadership Academy. Want to learn more? Listen up. What's the Youth Leadership Academy? The Youth Leadership Academy is a summer day camp that provides Western Mass youth ages 7 through 12 positive role models and life experiences for those who can't afford a traditional camp experience. This year, 120 children participated. Who pays for the Youth Leadership Academy? All expenses are covered by donations, like the Sheriff's Shuffle. So when is the Sheriff's Shuffle? It's Sunday, October 15th. And where is it? It's at the Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. And what time should I be there? Registration starts at 8 a.m. The race begins at 10.30 a.m. How much is it? It's only $35 to pre-register. Where can I sign up? Google HamdenCountySheriff.org and click on the link. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to sign up for the Sheriff's Shuffle. See you there. We are back. I'm here at the Hamden County Jail 
and I was just inside the industries area and in this industries area they do sewing, embroidery, silk screening, making mattresses and per, uh, commercial sewing pretty much. And you were telling us that during the pandemic you were making cloth masks but not just for the jail itself but you were distributing them across the state. That's correct. We, and during the pandemic, we found there was a need for masks or a lack of masks out in the community. So we found a pattern. We uh, changed our strategy. We stopped making inmate uniforms for a short period and put all of our attention onto making washable masks. That's amazing. So we have with us uh, an incarcerated gentleman. If you want to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jason. Hi, Jason. Nice to meet you. How long have you been here at the jail? Four years. Thanks for having me as well. I started out sewing. It's a great trade to learn. You got Chris is a great boss. Dan runs the, the show and he's a, he's a great guy to work with. But I do embroidery now and that is a, a skill that's a really good trade to learn. We got Thomas Prees. He's, he's an excellent teacher. Okay, um, They're going to have an outside program coming up that you can transition to and I'm hoping to go to that myself. But like, he, like Dan said, we have upholstery here. Chris is an excellent man to learn from. Uh, Chris Dorrington, that's the, that's the boss of that, and he's, he's very good. So what, when you say embroidery, so you're working on 21st century machinery. Correct, correct. It's a six-head machine. We have a one-head machine. Uh, it's got 15 needles. It's got 15 threads in it. We do outside contracts. We do hockey gear. We do high schools. We do power companies. Uh, just various, various group of companies that we work with. What made you interested in getting involved in the textile industry and learning it while you've been incarcerated? Well, I think anybody that comes here, you know how unfortunate that may be, anybody that comes here and they find themselves in this position should really apply themselves to do better and learn more things and not just sitting here and doing nothing. And this is a great place to come and learn something, spend your time, you know, be productive. Um, like I said, apply yourself. And I think every inmate in this jail should do that. And it, it, it's a benefit to your, to your life skills. Learn a, learn a trade. When you get out, you can actually make money. And the, the trades that they teach you, they're great trades to learn. You can go out and get a job, upholstery. You can work for car shops, upholstery shops. It's great. Embroidery, you can go to work for like GG Inks, Foreign Print, places like that. Once you learn how to do the timing on these machines, you learn how to set the hoops on them, that's what they call it, do computer bags, duffel bags, various products that you can work on. And how much more time do you have to serve? I got 13 months left. Wow, so you're coming up on the back end of this. Yes. And like I said, everybody should apply themselves here. And it's a great thing to do. Now, do you expect you'll have work when you get out because of this training? Yes, um, I, I've already went to college, I did management, uh, but the thing is, is ha having done this, if they have this on the outside, if that program, if they get the grant, the state grant that they want, I would be happy to go there and train people because I already know how to do this. It's something that I can show other people how to do, and that's really the whole, the whole game, and I would enjoy doing that. And, and I'm guessing this wasn't your trade before no, you became no, incarcerated? Yes, no, it wasn't. Well, we wish you very much the best of luck moving forward, much. and thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Did you know the Franklin County Sheriff's Office has programs to support our seniors? This is Sheriff Chris Donnelly. Our triad unit provides free medical equipment to senior citizens who need help staying in their homes. This could mean the difference between going home after rehab or into a nursing home. 
Our incarcerated men at the Franklin County Jail work to repair and maintain donated wheelchairs, scooters, walkers, and hospital beds that we then make available to seniors for free. Just another service our Sheriff's Office is proud to provide for you and your family. For those of you that are just tuning in, we are hanging out for a few hours behind the wall at the Hamden County Sheriff's Office Jail in Ludlow, Massachusetts, and uh, it's quite the place, although you really don't want to be here, at least not unless you're just a guest as we are today. So we're with Dan Moran, and Dan is the Assistant Deputy Superintendent, and he oversees all of the vocational programs. So once again, Dan, thank you for being here and giving us a tour. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming. Now let's talk a little bit about the educational side, because you have these great vocational programs. We talked about culinary, uh, building and trades, welding, uh, embroidery, and sewing, and you know, but there's there's only so many slots for people um, that are incarcerated here to go into learning these skilled vocational programs, and you have over 600 incarcerated gentlemen um, on the property. Uh, what are some of the other educational programs that are available to people that are incarcerated that aren't involved with the vocational programs? Well, we work in tandem with the education department here, too, and uh, i just like to make mention of, of the available slots. We do have a vocational counselor that kind of steers everything. He, he teaches a vocational exploration program that is offered to uh, the vast majority, about 30 or 40 uh, per day, um, given an overview of all industries and vocations that are available to to the uh, MA population. So with, with that, he, he will do the placements and referrals. There's a classification process that happens uh, prior to them coming down, going through a central classification, uh, unit classification, clearance through medical before the folks do come down. But um, the opportunity is there for them, uh, and it's a blend between the vocational and industries and the educational program. So quite often, uh, Folks will come down to, to work in the morning, and then they're going upstairs to work on their high set or GED uh, for an hour or two, take their test or study or prep, and then come back down to the in uh, industry. So it's a nice blend. And there are college programs available as well inside the jail? There are. That's correct. John Yvonne and, and second floor programs. It's more educational-based. So all the details, I know there, there are some, some college, bridge to college courses, so they're coming in in preparation to get out and, and be able to uh, excel at the college level upon release, if not already here. You made mention of the women's jail, which is in the town of Chicopee. It's in a different location, and that they also have some vocational programming. Do you want to just walk us through that a little bit? Sure. It's like uh, due to the footprint and, and the smaller size of their facility, uh, there, there is uh, vocational and uh, industries opportunities for the women at, in Chicopee as well. Some of those uh, include, uh, we do have uh, embroidering, we have uh, commercial sewing, uh, we do have the culinary program over at Chicopee as well. So those three industries right there. And how many women are there roughly? Do you have any idea? It ranges anywhere between 7 to 15 participants at a time. Now, all of the educators, for sake of a better word, that are running these shops under your management, do they all come from these backgrounds originally, like welding, like woodworking, like sewing, or, you know, are they trained before they come in here? How does that all come together? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, all of the uh, instructors in their areas 
do come with that trades background and, and their discipline that they're at. Uh, a welding instructor has a welding background. Our buildings instructor has a carpentry background, a building background, and such. Our graphics uh, came to the uh, the sheriff's department from that industry. Same with our embroidering. So yeah, they all have a background prior to. I think you mentioned also in the sewing embroidery area there was a tailor or someone in the shop. That's right. We're lucky to have him. He came on board about a year and a half ago. He's a great asset. He works well with the guys. He comes in as you know, again, teaching with an expertise uh, from his background previously to coming here. So this sort of opens up an interesting career opportunity or a second career opportunity for people that maybe have retired from the building industry or from the roofing industry or from the electrical or mechanical or tailoring. Um, because at some point, all of the people that we're going to meet today are going to retire, correct? That's correct. And we're fortunate to retain a couple of uh, retirees that have come back uh, with their discipline. Uh, we do have one that's retired. He's teaching OSHA classes, OSHA general industry. So he comes back. And so there are those opportunities for retirement opportunities. So we have now moved on to the wood shop, woodworking department, building trades, yeah. building trades um, as Dan behind me is chatting about. And um, we're here with Ammon. Say hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm Lisa. Nice to meet you. So tell us a little bit about what you do here in the woodworking trade shop. Um, well, when I first came down, they started showing me how to do Adirondack chairs because that's mainly what their production is. And so I started making parts the first time I was down here. And from there I learned how to put those parts into a chair. And that's what they sell a lot of. Um, now recently what I've been doing is helping out with other stuff like Jeff just had us do a bowl for the horse barn that they're doing. Um, we just did a bunch of windows for the horse barn. Right now we're doing some chests for the horse barn. A lot of stuff for the horse barn. Um, but really, uh, it's a great place to come down because they have all the tools. Um, like I had some woodworking knowledge. I did woodworking in school. Uh, I went on to other trades. But then coming back here, I mean, they have basically every tool we need to make whatever we really want to make. Um, How long have you been incarcerated? Uh, since April, so about five months. And how much more time do you have to serve? About five more months. So do you think you're going to stay with woodworking now that you've gotten this experience? Uh, yeah. Um, I like doing trades. Um, I have all the tools at home. Actually, I have you know, a whole garage full of tools. Um, I do painting a lot on the side. So, yeah, I think I will. So if you don't find a job with someone who's already established, would you think about starting your own home improvement business? Absolutely, yes. What's one of the more interesting jobs you've done here? Um, we actually made some Adirondack chairs out of old snow skis and some cedar wood. So yeah, that was that was interesting. Wow, was that a special project that somebody paid to have um, the shop do? I think it was an internal project for one of their coworkers that's retiring. That's wonderful. What do you think has been your best learning experience here? Honestly, it, it hasn't really had anything to do with anything doing in the shop. It's just getting up every morning and coming here and, and being productive. Um, gets me back into the habit of, of working. 
Well, I wish you all the best when you re-enter from behind the wall and get back out into society. I hope you don't find your way back here again. All right, thank you. Nice meeting you. So we just spoke to Ammon, and now I wanted to switch gears over to Jeff, who is the head of the business trade shop here. Uh, welcome to the Hustler Files. Oh, thank you very much. So you've seen a lot of people come through here, I'm sure. How many years have you been here? Um, in my 29th year now. Wow, you guys all <laughs> stick around a really long time. I know Dan's been here like 28 you have quite the operation here. Why don't you tell us about maybe some of the success stories you've seen, or at least one success story you've seen come out of all the years that you've been here helping incarcerated gentlemen? Um, you do, when you're out in the community, you do come across people that have been out for a while. They're very proud of themselves that they've stayed out, stayed off addiction, and all of that. I do have uh, ex-inmates that call me once a week, every two weeks to tell me how good they're doing, who they're working with, where they're living. And I think they're just looking for some, you know, support saying, you know, good for you. Congratulations. Can you share with us maybe not by name, but maybe someone who came through that really was a nightmare coming into the shop and <laughs> that by the time they left, they had really turned their life around? Uh, there is an individual that he's been in and out of uh, our jail and upstate for that matter uh, since I've started. He's been coming in and out of jail before I even started and I'm in my 29th year. And he calls me on a weekly basis. He leaves me voicemails. He, he found a guy who gave him some housing, gave him a job and gave him a work truck. And he's out there working working and he's doing great and how many years in and out of jail do you think he spent at least 40. wow that's crazy well good for him wherever he is and if he happens to listen to the show uh big shout out to bob. To, to bob to bob <laughs> okay to bob sit tight grab another cup of coffee we'll be right back with more of the hustler files a hero is someone who makes the world a better place. And if you're an RN, LPN, mental health clinician, or counselor, then you're already a hero because you value wellness, treatment of disease, and prevention of illness. So why not dedicate your next career move to a place where heroes make a difference every day? The Hamden County Sheriff's Office. Join a team where you can offer empathy and opportunity by just being who you are, a hero. Visit hcsoma.org or just Google the Hamden County Sheriff's Office and join a team where being a hero is a daily occurrence. Live from the Hampton County Jail, we are back. So we have moved on with Dan into the welding shop. So we are here with... Kidani. Kidani. Yeah. So, Kidani, how long have you been here at the jail? Well, I've been on and off for like about 11, 12 years, but this time around I've been a few months, like two, three months. But I've been on and off, like I said, like 12 years. I first started in welding like about my first year when I first came in, and I didn't know nothing about welding. I didn't know how to grind. I didn't know how to weld, nothing. But then Estrada took his patient, taught me how to weld, taught me how to grind, taught me how to measurements, everything that comes with welding. So 
from there, I took, I took it as a trade. I went out to the streets, got me a job, and it helped a lot. It helps a lot. So how long are you back in for this time? Uh, this time I should be out on the 25th of this month. Oh, okay. So this was a short stint for yeah. you. Yeah, just a little, little vacation. And you can make good money in the welding industry? I mean, I started at $50 an hour. Wow, that's amazing. Well, good for you. Well, I wish you all the best when you get back out, and I hope you don't come back again. All right, thank you. So, sadly, we are running out of time. So, we're going to move on and uh, chat with Dan here a little bit. Before we leave, I always like to ask my guests one last question, which we have not prepared Dan for. So, I'm a believer that we all have life assignments and that they can change, but they're all part of our journey as we're here on Earth. And just wondering what you think your life assignment is or has been or still has to be. Well, I've been fortunate here with, uh, you know, being wearing a variety of different hats since I started here in 96 as an officer, going to case management, standards and training, employment. So I've really been blessed to kind of touch on a lot of different areas So and ending up in a spot we're tying it all together. So I've been fortunate uh, in that aspect where it's all coming together towards the end of my career. But you're not retiring anytime soon. No, I'm not. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for being so generous and giving us uh, a tour today and getting to meet all the wonderful people we met and from your educators to even some of the incarcerated gentlemen that we got to speak with. It's been a real pleasure to, to be in in your world behind the wall thank you very much for coming out i had a great time perfect all right everybody sit tight there's more to come we'll be right back under the leadership of sheriff patrick kayleen the hampshire county sheriff's office offers medication assisted treatment for those struggling with opioid addictions this is mindy katie director of medication for opioid use disorders we want you all to know that we provide community-based support and referral services with our partners at the northampton and Ware recovery centers if you or someone you know is living with alcohol or drug addiction or just simply need some direction we are here and we're happy to help stop by or find us at hampshiresheriffs.com we are back, and this week's thoughts come from Dr. Thema Bryant. The story you tell yourself can keep you stuck. Healing gives you permission for a rewrite. New story, new season. Healing is not about a past chapter to be the end of your story. Healing is deciding the universe has something better in store for you. Healing is no longer accepting crumbs because you deserve the whole bakery. Healing is forgiving yourself for thinking what you've been offered is what you deserve. And that's a wrap on another Hustler Files for this week. We want to thank you for joining us as we went live on location to the Hampton County Jail. We are hopefully able to activate change by telling stories not just from our studio, but from behind the wall with people who are actually serving time. I want to thank our guests and advertisers for their continuing support. As you know, you can find all of our shows on the whmp.com podcast page or on any of your favorite podcast sites. Have a wonderful week ahead and remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week right here on The Hustler Files.